This podcast is produced by Sunnydale Studios. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Where's our garden variety amputee, please? Thanks to you, for the first time, I wore a dress. What happened to your legs? My leg flew off and onto the ground. Sorry, guys, that's just my leg. Wow, you've got robot legs. That is so unladylike. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of So Unladylike. You can probably tell in my voice that I've been a little bit under the weather. Um, in true unladylike form, I'm going to overshare with you and let you know that my cough was so bad, I was coughing until I wet my pants. Uh, I actually was wearing my period undies without my period and then I got my period and they were all in the wash. So it's been a great time. It's been a great time coughing until you wet your pants. Highly recommend. Um, five stars, 10 out of 10. Uh, we have an awesome episode today. And before we get into that, though, I want to remind you guys that the Worthiness Tour is happening in Melbourne, Sydney and the Gold Coast. And Tickets are available via the link in bio at Journey to Worthy Official. I would love to see you guys all there and give you big hugs, non-germy ones. I won't be sick, I promise, and I won't wee on you either um, unless you want me to. No, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> I would love to see you all there. Today's episode is a super important one and my guest, Sarah, who is known as No Legs, No Worries on Instagram, is such an inspirational woman with a voice trying to break down the stigma and shame around disability. The topics we are talking about today are important for our disabled listeners as much as our non-disabled listeners as well. We answer listener questions. Sarah shares her most unladylike moment. We talk about Lizzo and her ableist slur, as well as a bit more about Sarah and her life as a bilateral, above-the-knee amputee. She's amazing. It's an amazing episode. She's speaking at our Gold Coast event as well. So just another reminder, get your tickets uh, and let's get stuck into the episode. Today's special guest is Sarah and we are talking all things stigma around disability. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. You were just showing me your sexy legs too. I was. I've yep. got new sockets. Can I show you again? You play- oh my God, <laughs> show me more. So I have new sockets, which I used to always have sort of the natural toned, this part of the leg, which is called the socket of a prosthetic leg. Yep. Um, but very recently I got this black toned one, which for me is quite a big step because it's sort of moving away from trying to make make my legs look natural yeah. or, um, or more blend in. Blend in, exactly. So I am loving this. You were um, born to stand out, baby. That's right. So yes. Um let's can we talk about when we first met and um the you you had your tonal legs on and they have um, little wheels um, and compartments. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool that your legs have pockets like cargo pants. <laughs> yes, these ones have the same one. Yeah. So They're the not pockets. pockets, are they, Dal? They're not. So they no. actually have a function a little bit better than pockets. So they um, – they make me, they can allow me to tighten my legs. Okay. So I can um, make them fit how I need them to. On a, Look, like, it's probably a little bit more important <laughs> than somewhere to put your gum. Bit more but, functional. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just was like, yeah, cargo pant legs, not cargo <laughs> pant legs, just for the record. Yeah. yeah. 
But I like these questions being raised. You yeah. know, this is why having these conversations, raising the awareness and learning, I think is really important. So, yeah. so yeah. good. Um, now, we want to start um, each episode talking about our guest's most unladylike moment. And I love these because, um, again, there's so much stigma around the way a lady should act and sharing our stories. Um, yeah, good for a bit of a bit of a giggle to head off the start of the episode. So let's start with yours, yes. my lady. What so, is your so unladylike moment? So I think there's a couple, <laughs> um, but the one probably that comes to mind is I was at work wearing a skirt um, and that day my leg was feeling a little bit uncomfortable. So I had unwinded the leg and I completely forgot that I had made it a bit loose. So my, um, the director of the company came down, had a chat to everyone and me without realizing I turned around to have a chat to him and my leg flew off <laughs> and onto the ground. <laughs> and because obviously I was wearing a skirt, because if I wore a pant, like, you know, pair of pants, it would have stuck on my leg. Okay. But because I was wearing a skirt, it sort of went everywhere and there was just dead silence in the room because everyone didn't know if they should laugh or how to react. How do we react? But one of my close friends, she started laughing, which sort of broke the ice. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, do you need help? What happened? What happened? I'm like, that's okay. Sorry, guys, that's just Just, my leg. Just my leg that, you know, detached from me, but that's okay. It's back on now and we can carry on with what we were doing. So I can just picture you like squeaking it across the floor. (laughs) Slowly trying to, you know, it's fine, guys, carry on as you were. So I think that's probably one that comes to mind. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that's so hilarious. I would have laughed just for the record. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I, I, you know, I mean, it's a funny moment. It is. It is. And I think it's really important to be able to laugh at these things. But at the same time, I will definitely add that um, people react differently to their disability. Yeah. And the way that I see my disability and I am with my disability may not be the same for someone else with a disability. And there's a difference between laughing with someone. Yes. So if you were like trying not to laugh and, you know, then someone laughing would break the ice for you yes. as well. But yes. obviously if someone's just laughing at you, yeah. that's a completely different Completely agree. Exactly. scenario. Yeah. So you're a bilateral above the knee amputee, which I love to say because it rhymes and I <laughs> like rhyming. Um, <laughs> at what age um, did you become a bilateral amputee? Yep. So I was born with um, a condition called tibial hemimelia. Yep. But basically that means the tibia on my legs, which is the bigger bone in the bottom of your leg, yep. they were missing, at, absent at birth. Um, so when I was born, I had my fibula, um, which is the, the smaller leg in your um, bottom of your leg. and But they were sort of, they couldn't wait there. So when I was little, I used to run around on my knees um, with them sort of dragging behind me. So when I was about six years old, when I had them amputated um, and I was given prosthetic legs, but as a child, I was quite uh, stubborn. And I hated wearing my prosthesis because I can't run in them. So I only ever wore my prosthetic legs when I got to high school. Before then, I used to run around on my knees. Oh, really? Yeah. So I played sport, did everything on my knees. So, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they would have been uncomfortable, I imagine, for a child too. And would your legs have to um, constantly be refit as you grow too? Yes, definitely, definitely. So as you're growing, generally um, a child would need a new leg every year. Mm. Um, And being a bilateral above knee amputee means I have to use a prosthetic joint as opposed to someone who's a below knee amputee because they have their own knee joints. Yeah. Um, so, and 
Another thing was back then the technology wasn't as fantastic as it is now with running legs um, and blades, yeah. which um, I'm so thankful for kids these days growing up and they have access to these um, the technology now. But when I was younger, we unfortunately didn't have them mm. um, or access to them. So that was definitely one of the limiting factors of not wearing the prosthetic yeah. legs. Um, now, what was it like for you growing up as an amputee? Because um, kids can be bastards. <laughs> They can be real assholes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to agree with you on that. Um, I, it was difficult, definitely. And back then, social media didn't exist. Mm. So that's a blessing, I would dare say. Oh, not necessarily yeah. because a connection with other people like me wasn't there. So yeah, there's, um, yeah, it's, there's, the, it's, it's like a catch 22 with yep. social media, like double-edged sword with yeah, social media, definitely. there's benefits and yeah, exactly. Um, the amputee community on social media and Instagram are amazing. Mm. Um, but I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have the representation. Um, and people didn't understand the, that people are different. And, and I think a lot of the time it was, which happens today as well, but the parents' um, ideas that were being, I guess, put onto the children. But I think a big thing with kids is they don't understand. And when they don't understand they tend to go sort of towards the negative side of things sometimes. And yeah. growing up, that was a little bit difficult, but I had quite thick skin because I have two older siblings. And so, right. <laughs> so Enough said. I may or may not have gotten into a couple of fights with people if they were, um, or kids, if they were teasing me or something. You know, I used to be called No Legs, Sarah, and, and that's one of the reasons I we chose. We like, wow, original guys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Such an intelligent insult. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons I chose No Legs, No Worries as my Instagram. Which I love, by the way. Um, Instagram handle because, you know, that was one of the one of the big things that kids used to always say to me growing up. So, yeah. Um, can we discuss the word disability? Because as you were saying, um, social media, there's, there's such a community uh, online now. And the opinions, it, it seems like quite a personalised word it affects everybody in a different way much like pronouns mm -hmm. um and there are things such as differently abled being yeah. thrown around now and I know you've been quite vocal about the fact that destigmatizing the word disability for you is owning it and it's not a bad word it's not a bad thing uh whereas I know for other people they prefer that the word not not be used in in your words how do you feel about yep. the word disability Thank you for that question. I think it's so important to discuss this um, issue. For me, the word disability is not a negative word. Um, growing up, that it was a negative word for me. And that's why I am vocal about the fact that being disabled is not a bad thing. Mm. My disability has not hindered things that I want to achieve. Um, and I really want to stress that because I, I don't want kids growing up today thinking having a disability it means that you can't achieve something in your life. Yeah. Um, and the words such as differently abled, um, you know, I think sometimes has a sort of connotation that it's a negative um, aspect. And I think for me, you, the word disability, it makes, you know, I'm proud that I have, I'm, I'm a disabled woman, mm -hmm. a woman with disability or disabled woman. Um, and I'm happy to own that fact. Yeah. And however, as I was saying previously, it's someone with a disability may think differently as well. So it's always, I guess, good to double check for each people person that you speak to or discussing this with. Yeah. Language, language matters. And, um, I think so, uh, you know, from a, um, a non-disabled person, 
is that an okay question to ask? How would you like to be referred to? Is the word disabled okay? Yeah, I um, think that's the best way to go. And I think and you're asking the person it's affecting. So lived experience is the most, it's the best source of information. Yeah. So that, I think that's a fantastic way to go. Yeah. We have women in the Journey to Worthy community who um, are deaf. And I was always very conscious of saying hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the, the women said, stop saying that. It's not hard of hearing. We're deaf. Yeah. And that is the word to use. That's um, things have changed in the past. Hard of hearing was used, but now we use deaf. Uh, I'm like, great, fantastic. So these conversations are, are really important. And I think um, it's great that you're so vocal and make these conversations available to people. Um, but I want to I want to discuss Lizzo. I'm not sure if you're, um, look, I'm sure you're aware actually that she recently had a new song come out called Girls. And in it, she talks about going off, going crazy and uses the word spaz. Now, the disability community came for her in in a in in a factual way, not in a nasty way. But you know, why Lizzo? Why are you using mm. this this word? Um, it's an ableist slur. It's not okay. And she did retract uh, retract the word, and she's replaced it with something else in her song now, which is which is how I think every celebrity should handle when a minority group approaches them and says, what you've done is not okay. I think every celebrity should be like, okay, what do I need to change about this? So her handling of it was great, but her reasoning of not understanding that it was a slur and for all the amount of people that would have had to have gone through, um, it, it's a bit of, it was a bit of a shock to me that she didn't know what it meant because um, for those listening who don't know, maybe <laughs> this is this is a word that was thrown around a lot in the nineties um, in the schoolyard. Oh, you're such a spaz. It was short for spastic, which you know, cerebral palsy, for example, with the spasticity in the muscles, um, and it wasn't a nice thing to say about someone. So that had been abolished, but we seem to be bringing back the nineties <laughs> in a big way with makeup, with fashion. Not with ableist slurs. Thank you very much. Um, were you surprised that someone like Lizzo, who who seems to be such an ally for so many minorities, would make such a big mistake? Yes and no. So I think this is where the education and raising awareness um, is so important and vital. Um, I think that even though things have improved since the 90s, there are still major gaps mm. in um these sort of issues. And this is an, um, definitely saw it on Instagram and, um, my fellow disability, um, advocate Hannah Divini made a a fantastic post about it and she has cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's really important to also get the information from the people who are affected by these issues as well. So it's not something that I was, you know, quite vocal about because it, um, in terms of affecting and personal experience, um, this particular thing was, not sort of, I think someone else can speak about it better, Yeah, but I definitely shared it because I think it's a huge um, issue. And particularly, as you said, someone like Lizzo, who is so vocal with other minority groups. So it was definitely disappointing to see that it happened in the first place. Um, and But the fact that she corrected it was also fantastic as yeah. well. And, and so quickly too, um, after people have had commented on it on Instagram yeah. and social media. Yeah. It was like 48 hours yeah, maybe. Exactly. If, if that. that. So, um, it was to, a great response. To, to correct it to the point that she'd recorded 
yeah you know a change in the song yeah um it, it just i guess for me i was like what did you think spaz meant like what what is the word short for guys yeah you know and what does that mean like come yeah. on no exactly and i think they people need to do better definitely need to do better and particularly someone who is a celebrity mm. who has such a massive platform um having a song like that what is that telling people yeah so yeah Amazing. Um, now I want to talk about disability in the fashion industry because, and not just like fashion shows, but even I'm thinking back to when I first had my kids and trying to get through a store with a pram, well, it wasn't possible in a lot of stores. I can't imagine trying to access fashion at the shops in a wheelchair or with um, crutches or, you know, many other uh, aids that are needed so that this must I'm still seeing this today that the shops are not designed to create access for for disabled people those with physical disability um how do you feel about that how are you still seeing that at the shops as well definitely definitely um I do I have a wheelchair and I think um, I don't often use it but when I do need it it's definitely something that I notice mm-hmm. um the aisles the entrance to a shop um the just reaching for products even yeah. simple things like that um very difficult to do can I also say that the the bigger change room which is usually designed for a wheelchair or those requiring more access is full of stock yes Do not use the disabled change room for your stock, please. Brands, listening, retail, bricks and mortar stores, stop it. And another thing, (laughs) another small thing is um, for someone like me who's not in a wheelchair um, all the time but need a seat when I'm changing Mm. in change rooms, it's as simple as putting a seat in your change room. So for people like me who need this small thing, it's not there. Yeah. So it's really difficult for me to chain out of pants and clothes without sitting down. I have to like balance myself in the corner between the things so I don't fall over when I'm taking pants off or things like that. It would be great moving forward if, you know, when shops are designed that they meet with, yes. you know, someone who can advise them yeah. on how to design for for inclusivity because yeah. you, I mean you like shopping, right? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and you know, there's that saying, you know, there's nothing for us without us. So that's, you know, for me, that's the biggest issue where people assume what others might need, but don't actually consult the person that they are making the decisions for. Yeah. So I think that's ridiculously important Mm. and just needs to be done. I know I said this again, but done better. Yeah. Well, it does. And and people need to listen and listen, as you said, to the, to the right people, the, the groups that this is affecting. Um, It's, you know, it's like men making decisions on women's bodies in other countries. Um, You know, listen to the people that this is affecting. Listen to those voices and make the changes accordingly. Exactly. Um, Now, on the runway, in the the fashion industry, this is – this is something that we've seen a bit of a change with this year, but I know that you are a model as well and I know that you went to castings um, for Fashion Week and were put on hold for brands who were claiming to be super diverse this year and, you know, have a, have a real difference in showing a, 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 fa- a future of fashion in Australia which was inclusive and diverse uh, and 
there were um, other other people there as well with disabilities, amputees um, in wheelchairs, uh, whatever the case may be. And a lot of these people were put on hold and not put through to the show. And then when the show came on, it was lots of straight-sized, able-bodied people. Yeah. How frustrating is that for you to actually attend the castings and think this is great and then it to be looked over? It was frustrating and disappointing. So this was one of the first castings I had attended and I didn't know what to expect, but getting to Sydney, being at Carriageworks, seeing other people who are of the disability community, um, it was incredible. You know, I got goosebumps when I was there and while I was put on hold, I was really hoping that, you know, even if I don't go through, I hope other people that were there that day uh, will be on the runway and I'll see them. And I think that's important, right, because it wasn't about, oh, well, I wasn't chosen. Oh, yes. It was none of us were chosen. No, exactly, exactly. And I think uh, you're aware there was an adaptive show, which was absolutely incredible and mind-blowing um, and, you know, showcasing the brands that do adaptive clothing. And that was just it was a first yeah. to have that show. But for me, the segregation of having the adaptive show or the curve show specifically, I don't agree with that. I think that there should be disabled models, there should be curve models in every show showcasing every single brand. It's not like we only wear some types of clothing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. that's why it doesn't make sense that we only have to be in the adaptive show. And I think also the adaptive show was fantastic and did deserve a separate it's a niche market it did deserve a separate show but the the people modeling in that show were all well known too weren't they um their stories were shown during the show which is fantastic but a lot of them had a profile which brings me to something that um i i've discussed with you before after you posted on instagram stories about brands wanting to be more inclusive and diverse in their campaigns but why is it always a Paralympian (laughs) like what it kind of I I think representation matters but you made a really good point that not every amputee goes on to become a Paralympian but you wouldn't think that based off the you know the stories that we that are shared the stories we get told it's always these amazing success stories in sport um, which we know sports just so idolised in Australia. But um, I love that because it was such a good point. It's not something that I had realised was done so frequently, but it really is. Whenever there's a campaign image coming out and they want to tick the diversity box, mm. it's Paralympian. Yeah, it really is. And and I am not taking anything away from Paralympians. They are incredible athletes and work, you know, super hard to get to where they are. But I think if you're representing people, you should also represent the everyday disabled. Yeah. Um, I call myself a garden variety amputee. I like that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the reason I became active in, you know, fashion representation is because I didn't see anyone like me in the media growing up. Yeah. And even now we are working towards it, but it's still not done as well as it should be. Well, it almost, it equates your worthiness to your achievements. Exactly. As, as, um, as an amputee. Yes. In, you know, the, oh, look at all you can achieve. Well, there's other things to achieve in Australia exactly. as, apart from sports. And, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. Where's our garden <laughs> variety amputee, please? <laughs> no, exactly. And I think it's such an important issue to raise because not 
like, like you said, not every person, you know, just a disabled person is a Paralympian. Yeah. And more often than not, we're just everyday people yes. doing normal things, um, going shopping, you know, going out to eat at restaurants. But you don't see that yeah. in even TV ads, Uber ads. You don't see someone with a disability represented in these everyday life yeah. ads. And I think it's the same in Fashion Week and things too. It doesn't always have to be the sports person or the influencer or the well-known person. Hold your castings like you do for every other, you know, show yeah and book based off them great modeling ability exactly. i've seen you I, i've seen you walk i've seen you model you're beautiful you're a great model um your loss fashion week so get better <laughs> do better and one thing that i do want to point out is you know what after the disappointment of fa- disappointment of fashion week i went back to the agency and i asked where is the gap or who should we contact mm. to change things for next year And, you know, the agency said something like, oh, you know, we sent all the information, you know, they chose, it's up to the designers, it's up to the um, people at Fashion Week. But then my question is, then where, what's the next step? Yeah. You know, what is the next step to improving the situation? Yeah. I had Riley and Nikki on um, an episode and and Nikki was saying the same thing. Where, where does it start? Is it with the agency? Is it with the designer? Is it with the, you know, who, who's the ultimate person and I think it's a collaborative effort between everybody um agencies have to be putting models forward but it's up to the designers to really Mm. you know make the difference in who who they're booking in their shows yeah and as a model and just an advocate I am happy to go talk to these brands the designers if that's what's required but I think to be honest that's who they should be listening to yeah you know the the disabled community is who they should be listening to and what you're requesting to see. Um, that's, you know, it's not up to people like me mm. to say what I want to see, you know, or what I want to be included. Um, it's up to, you know, listening to the right people and um, ensuring that they do make the effort to talk to the right people yep. too. Definitely. Yeah. Um, now I've got a couple of questions um, from some listeners. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the first Well, we ask for questions and confessions and opinions. So I liked this question Mm -hmm. and it was, if I was with my kids, what should I tell them about you if they asked about your legs? Now, I like this one because um, we have uh, at our local Woolies, our trolley guy Mm -hmm. um, is an amputee. And when Kalani was younger, she said to me, oh, what happened to his leg? And I said to her, well, I don't know. Did you want to ask him? Because it's not, why would I know? You know, and she's like, oh my God, I don't want to ask him. And I was like, well, then, you know, it is what it is. And something happened, but unless you want to ask him yourself, you're not going to, you're not going to know. Um, and I think I wanted her to know as well that I would much rather you go and approach the person and have the confidence to ask them than whisper behind their back. Cause we're not going to do that. We're not going to whisper. We're not going to, you know, oh God, don't ask that. Don't ask that. So I think it is, it is an important question, um, how, I mean, obviously it's personal again, isn't it? Yes. And everyone's different and based on their lived experience, how yes. they respond to certain questions may be triggering. Yes, um, exactly. But yeah. yeah, but your advice anyway, my friend. Yep. No, for me, um, personally, I would much prefer parents don't say, don't look at them. That's okay. Don't just divert your eyes. Keep walking. I would much prefer they say, as you said to Kalani, that go ask them, um, and I think a really important thing is the way you ask someone a question. 
And I think coming from children, they will never ask it in a nasty or offensive way. They will literally just say, hey, what happened to your legs? Yeah, I, I've <laughs> previously had, wow, you've got robot legs. How did that happen? Which I love that. Yeah. You know, I love that. Absolutely it is love that. Cool. It's honesty, yep. you know, and that's what you expect from children. However, on the flip side, I um, once I was in the city, just about to cross the road, an older gentleman approached me and he was like, oh, what'd you do? Like pointed at my legs, oh, what'd you do? And I was, you know, I don't have to answer that question the way that it was asked. I was bored one day. Yeah, I know. What, like what, what, it was, what answers it's just the expect? way, yeah it's, yeah, it's the way it's asked is also really important. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So with, with children, um, more I am happy to educate because I think the more awareness that is raised, especially from a young age, mm-hmm. because they will be growing up with the idea that, yes, not everyone is the same mm-hmm. and that's okay. And, you know, learning about differences is really the biggest thing that we can do and to improve society and raising awareness and education. And, and I guess encouraging kids to ask those questions too um, and, and not shushing them or being like, oh, my God, don't say that. Yes, exactly, you know? because that, again, brings around the, um, the feeling of, you know, shame, mm. the feeling of internalised shame and guilt that, you know, I'm different and, you know, kids shouldn't be learning about me or approaching me because I am not worthy of that. Yeah. So. Yep, this is a completely um, random question, but how did you find dating? Because you know how kids can be assholes. Yes. Yeah, men can be assholes too. So yes, yeah. um, it, it's a mixed bag, and I think being a disabled woman, it was um, some people reacted differently. Yeah. Um, you know, they couldn't handle my disability, and it was a bit too much for them. So, which I think is definitely something that if you are dating someone and they react that way. That's probably a red flag. Red flag, yeah. <laughs> to um, add to the long list of red yes. flags that we need to look out for. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So obviously there's a lot of red flags in dating, but dating as a person with disability, I think for me that was, and I definitely experienced that, you know, you know, literally I had someone say to me, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this. I think it's a little bit much for me. I'm like, okay. Okay. okay How you, does it affect you, sir? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think... I think for me, because I'm vocal with my disability, mm. I think sometimes that is confronting or the attention may be a little bit too much. I don't know what it was, but, you know, that was when they, you know, snip, cut. You're yeah. done. I'm done with you. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. You're but it's done. definitely a learning. It's a learning experience. And especially if you're younger, yeah, it's scary to be in that, um, in that mindset as well. And it definitely affects your, the way you see yourself. Because even though I am strong-willed in terms of my disability at the time it was quite hurtful that I was rejected based on my disability yeah look we don't want to seek external validation but we all still do to a certain extent right um so yeah when you've you internalize rejection yes. into into you know and it something affects, that's yeah and it affects how the way you feel about yourself mm. which it shouldn't but it can so it sounds like you've ha- had beautiful strong people around you though obviously your family um, sound like they've been super supportive and have done a great job because you are so strong and so vocal and that, you know, has to have come from your surroundings as well growing up. Definitely. And, but I do have to say that this, me being vocal about my disability and loving myself the way I am has been 
a continual journey and it still is a continual journey. Literally, when I started my Instagram page back in 2018 or 19, prior to that, I was still ashamed of my mm-hmm. legs, ashamed of my disability. So it's not something that happens from the day you're born or not yeah. for me anyway. Um, and that's why I didn't I didn't want to hide my disability any longer. I used to always wear long pants stockings before like with wearing skirts I never showed my legs before yeah so it's definitely in the last few years that I feel comfortable and I feel empowered to spread the message that it's okay to have and just think of how many people are seeing you now yes and how many younger or even women at your age and older who are seeing you and going if she can do it I can do it exactly and I get you know dms saying from women saying you know thanks to you for the first time I wore a dress oh I love that and it was just you know getting those sort of messages is just so incredible because your why hey exactly and even if it's just one person who has I've made that change happen for them yeah I'm like Done. (laughs) Done. Done. Life is good. All right. So the second question we've got is how can women without a disability be better allies for our disabled friends? That's a great question. Um, I think first off is speaking to the disability community, Mm -hmm. asking what they can do for each type of disability as well is really important. And, you know, people like you having me on your show, raising the awareness, educating, um, and also pointing out any ableism that you see yeah. every day. And it does happen on a day-to-day basis. You may not be aware of it, but I think that's why self-education is so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think um, any ally, the, the best thing you do being an ally for anything is to call out the crap. Call out your friends if they are making ableist slurs. And even though Lizzo needed to hear from the disabled community in regards to that, back them, share their posts yep. and call out Lizzo as well as an ally. Yep. Um, the more people that did, um, obviously it, it got her attention um, very quickly. And I think something you mentioned to me off air as well is uh, the movie Witches that came out last year. Yes. Um, one of the evil characters had um, a middle finger. Well, four-fingered mi- hand. A four-fingered yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah, which I have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she was portrayed as the evil character. And, you know, having four fingers means that that's a bad thing to have and, yeah. you know, you'll be doing bad things. And a movie that's directed for, for children, what message is that giving to kids watching this movie? Yeah, differences no. are bad. Differences, differences are, bad. are evil. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think uh, that's another example of what able-bodied people can do is call that crap out as well. Um, and I would love to see disabilities in movies that aren't written in there as a storyline, like just having disability uh, characters with disability existing in TV series, in movies, without it having to be a storyline, without it having to be a character trait of an evil villain. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's a difference that we, we need to to expect we need to expect more yeah yeah just having a person in the cast just showcase not because they're disabled but just because they're a person but yeah <laughs> maybe maybe they you know have gone for the audition and just happened to be an amputee and exactly. they're a great actor and they got the role for that and the fact that they are an amputee does not or in a wheelchair or mm. or deaf or whatever the case may be d- does not have to be written into the show yeah. like it just they exist like any other person in the show exactly I, that's a change i would love to see i would love that um, too and tokenism yeah 
tokenism. Minimize tokenism. <laughs> oh, that's the 2022 thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, yes, no. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, for being the amazing person that you are, being as vocal as you are. Um, I am. And also, happy Disability Pride Month. Um, where's the flag? I should have bought it. There is a flag. Is there a flag? <laughs> there is a flag. Oh, yes. Okay. No, there is a flag. See, I did not know that because <laughs> it's not like you just, you're not seeing it. Yeah. Because we've no. just, we've um, got NADOC week yes. and uh, Pride Pride, yep. Pride Month. Um and we've heard a lot about that, but if it hadn't been for you, I didn't know that Disability Pride Month existed. existed. No, exactly. And this is, like I said in that post that I made, it's something that I didn't know existed either until I think maybe last year or a couple of years ago, because it's not really talked about. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, we don't need a month to celebrate a disability, but I think it's really great to bring that awareness and just, you know, continue, start and continue the conversation around disability and destigmatizing and just celebrating our achievements as well. Well, that's usually the point of days or weeks or yeah. months, isn't it, is to um, draw attention to a particular topic and, and encourage that sort of education around that. Exactly. Um, so, well, I hope you're having a wonderful Disability Pride Month. And um, excuse me, sorry. Um, and yeah, again, thank you for all that you do. And, um, also Sarah is speaking at our Gold Coast event in I, September. I'm so excited. I am so excited and honored to be, to have been asked to be involved in that event. Um, I attended last year, you not did. knowing anybody. I saw the event and I bought the ticket and haven't looked back. <laughs> well, that's, that's when you and I met for the first time. Yes. And it, I think it was the first time you'd painted your toenails yes. on your feet yep yeah exactly and such a bright color too it was that lovely yep lilac purple color yeah um and yeah it was an incredible amazing event with so many um fantastic speakers and the fact that I'll be one of the speakers this year oh I, is the just... honor is all mine to have you there and I think it's really important for people with a platform or people hosting events to um make sure that you step aside and you make you you were really making way for people in minority minority groups to give them a platform and a voice to speak about these issues. It's the only way we're going to grow. It's the only way we're going to continue to educate and learn. Um, so thank you for saying a big fat yes. No, 100%. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. If you love this episode, please be sure to subscribe, follow, and rate us five stars. Join us on Instagram at So Unladylike Pod and Journey to Worthy Official and keep sending in your questions, confessions, and opinions. You guys are so unladylike and we are here for it. See you next week, bitches.